Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Just Browsing Podcast. I'm your co-host, Zach, back again with Matt today. And today we are back for the first time in a couple weeks, actually, um, to give you a little NBA Finals recap podcast, kind of an NBA season recap. Um, we had a couple of ideas here recently um, for our next episode, and we haven't recorded here in a couple of weeks because it's kind of been a busy summer. And for me, the the busy summer is kind of only just beginning because apparently everyone in my entire life all decided to get married this summer. So, um, But we're trying to squeeze one in in between me flying out to various weddings. But um, yeah, today is going to be an NBA Finals recap because unfortunately the Golden State Warriors just beat the Boston Celtics. What was that last game? It was like, uh, it was like I think it was 104-94 or something like that. It was like a 10-point game. Well, what day though? Like we're, we're at su- oh, it's Sunday now. They, when was that? That was like that was uh, Thursday, Thursday night, I, I think. Yeah, Thursday night. Um, we're recording this on, what is today? The 19th, Sunday the 19th. So yeah, just a couple of days ago, the... The Warriors beat the Celtics in Game 6 of the Finals to win their um, fourth title in the last, what, eight years? Because um, I think they said they've been to, yeah. to the Finals six times out of the last eight years. So um, congrats to all the Golden State Warriors fans. You guys are really spoiled. I was really pulling for the Celtics, which is a very uncharacteristic thing for me to do. I was I pulling for nobody in that. Hated the NBA the just lost. Um, <laughs> um, but... So it's kind of remarkable, actually. We'll just kind of dive right in on some thoughts, but it's kind of remarkable to me this run that Golden State has been on, especially when you consider the last, like, two years. Because, as we all know, there was four years in a row right there where it was Cavs-Warriors. So it was LeBron versus Steph for four straight years. Um, LeBron and the Cavs got a win in one of those years. And then... The Warriors went back to the finals for a fifth year in a row against the Raptors and lost. So they were in the finals five years in a row. And then Kevin Durant leaves to Brooklyn. Um, I think Clay gets injured in the finals. He tears his ACL, I think, in the finals. And then he had the Achilles injury. Yeah. Um, Steph was banged up. So obviously Kevin Durant left. So pretty much the only guy out of like those four who was still playing for them was Draymond. Draymond. He's useless. And they went from being in the finals for five straight years to literally having that year right after the Toronto finals. They were like the worst team in the league. They had like the worst record in the so league. So conspiracy theory. That was all planned because they were so strapped for salary that they were like, we need to get out of some of these contracts, like Kevin Durant, they couldn't have re-signed him and kept Clay, Steph, and Draymond, right? Yeah. So they needed to get some draft picks. So now they have younger guys on smaller contracts. I know it's not conspiracy theory because there is, you know, Clay actually did hurt himself, but yeah, I, I really do genuinely. But feel maybe bad for he him. he didn't. So maybe it was just like, hey, let's go get <laughs> some draft picks, and you hurt yourself. We'll be bad for a couple of years. Get all these draft picks. That'll be, you know good players like Jonathan Kaminga's good Jordan Poole so did they turn out to be a baller where'd Jordan Poole come from did he get drafted by them real recently I think he was their first round pick the second year they were bad maybe okay because that guy's really good I think he was drafted in I think he was a rookie last year so I you know didn't do a good enough job mainly like I'm I'm an NBA fan I'm, I'm really like a basketball fan so I pay attention vaguely throughout the regular season just to the standings and stuff. Okay, so yeah. Um, but I don't pay enough attention t- to stuff like that because really I didn't really know who that guy was until the playoffs this year. And playoffs. I kept being like, who is this Jordan Poole guy? Because he's like, 
you'd look at like the the box scores for all their games, and it'd be like Steph obviously was kind of carrying them throughout the playoffs, so he'd have thirty five or forty. Clay would have a pretty good game. You know, Draymond would have like two points and eight rebounds or whatever. And, and then this Jordan Poole fouls. guy would have like twenty five points. And I'm like, who is this fucking guy? Like he was like really, and he was he coming off the bench really for well. them, and he was killing it. So that guy is a tremendous addition to their team because he's very instrumental in how successful they were this year. But to go back to what I was saying, I don't think I've ever really seen it that way, at least in my lifetime watching basketball, where a team goes from that dominant in terms of five years in a row in the NBA Finals to two completely dog shit years and then back to winning the NBA Finals this year. Like that's a pretty remarkable turnaround, like a big up and down swing they had there and it's like if you remove those two down years where they lost Kevin Durant to Brooklyn and had the injuries and stuff um I mean what would that be that'd be six trips to the finals in four titles that's pretty yeah, crazy I mean I would say 2020 that year you know 2020 and then the championship obviously beginning in 2021 in the bubble I would say that and a lot of people say it's an asterisk year for a championship because you're in a bubble, you know. And I agree to an extent that it's an asterisk championship. Um, I think certain teams weren't as prepared as other teams were going into a bubble where you're more or less locked down. I honestly had a had a blast watching the, the playoffs that year, actually. Well, the Nuggets were fucking – we were one game away. Yeah. You know, we almost did it. We fucking – we, I mean, I don't know why we couldn't win series in a more dominant fashion. We had to. Isn't that the year that we beat Portland in the first round? Right. Game seven, we beat Portland, yeah. and then we beat. Um, I think we beat Utah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because fucking uh, Donovan Mitchell was just going bananas. Yeah, and then then that jo- no, that was just Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell like yeah. showcase where Jamal where it was, was like averaging like each, fifty-five. Yeah, a game. each game they were dropping fifty. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if we beat Portland. I think we played Utah first round. Because then we were down 1-3 to the Clippers, and we came back and beat them to eliminate them. Oh, that's right. And then we okay. lost to the Lakers in the conference finals, and the Lakers went and on to the Lakers win. And the Lakers won the whole thing. And then last year, we played – who did we play at the beginning of last year? Because last year was the Milwaukee Bucks championship win over the Phoenix Suns. Right. So the past three years, the team that has come out of the Western Conference has beat the Nuggets at some point in the playoffs. And we yeah. haven't fully had a fully healthy Nuggets team yet. Yeah. Like this year, I truly believe that that series against Golden State goes at least seven games. Well, I mean, seven's obviously the max, but I think it would go seven games if we have a healthy Jamal, if we had a healthy MPJ. Yeah. If we traded Will Barton for a vending machine, we'd probably, you know, be a championship it caliber is, team. Like it, it is a bummer that. I wouldn't say the season was wasted, but we Jokic's season was wasted. Even though he got the that, MVP, that's what I was Jokic's just about to say. Is like we we didn't cap, we didn't fully capitalize on a tremendous like historic season from Jokic, winning his back to back to back MVP awards and having really just like an all time season. And I don't fault it's like just Jamal such a, it's for such a it. bummer to go out in the first round after you have a guy have a season like that. You know, well, and then like to stay on the Nuggets before we go back to the finals. With, you can just kind of tell that, like, the ownership group, the Kroenke group, you know, which owns, like, every sports empire out there. Especially in Colorado. They were like, yeah, we want to win a championship. But then they just allow their president 
and you know the, this mastermind that's built this roster around Jokic to just go to Minnesota, just go to a division rival because they were like, yeah, we don't want to pay him. I'm like, just pay the man because he's built this roster. Yeah, he's the one that drafted Jokic. Let him keep building. We're one piece away from a championship, and now you just let him go because you don't want to, you don't want to fucking pay him. It's like well, that's kind of par for the course with uh, management or ownership for Denver sports teams, it certainly but, seems like. But it's the same ownership that just went out for the L.A. Rams and paid every single player in the world to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And it's like, why can't we get that here? Yeah. And now, like, because Stanley Cup Finals are going on, the Avalanche, who's owned by the same fucking people <laughs> that are in the Stanley Cup Finals, the Colorado Mammoth, who are the National Lacrosse League team here in Colorado, owned by the same fucking people, just won the championship last night. Like, oh, they did. Yeah, they I won. Didn't know that. They won in uh, Buffalo, so they're now the champions. It's like nice indoor lacrosse is really fun to watch. So now we got rid of this mastermind that's helped build our team, though. It's like, why? Yeah. He, well, and, and we did this with Masai Ujiri too with Toronto, and then he went up and won a, a national championship, an, <laughs> an NBA, NBA championship, championship yeah. with Toronto. <clears throat> Like, that doesn't send a signal to a fan that you're like, hey, we're trying to win now. It's like, are we, though? Because, like, Will Barton's still on the roster. Like, we just traded who? Jermichael Green or Jeff Green? One of the Jay Greens to – who we trade him to? OKC? Yeah, for, like, draft picks. That was, like, just real recently, right? Yeah, like, this week. Yeah, I just saw that headline. And it's just like the Warriors, on the other hand, were like, we're going to stick with our core, but we're also going to add around it. Yeah. Like, they're adding in all these key pieces that play extremely well. Yeah. Well, and I think it if you watch, especially in the last, like, 10 years or so, unless you have one player who is just far and away, like, able to just take over games and, like, the most dominant player in the league, you really need, like, at least three guys that are that you can count on to go for, like, 25 each in a game or else you're not really going to win a title. I mean, most of the teams you see – win have at least three of those guys right at they least, can rely on at the very least two of them so like denver this year it was such a bummer because it's like yeah we got Jokic who's having a historic season and is going to win his you know second mvp trophy in a row but, but supporting cast we didn't nice. have he didn't have he needed like at least one other guy out there who he could just dish the ball to and have him get a bucket like immediately on right. any possession. Like you need at least two of those guys. It's better to have three because you can kind of share the load a little bit. You know what right. I mean? Like well, because if, like if you only you got the guard. one guy, yeah, exactly. The defense just keys in on this one person, and even if it's a super talented player, they're still probably gonna have a pretty good game. But they're gonna be their effectiveness is gonna be diminished because the defense just keys on them. You know Jokic I mean? is one of the hardest people to guard because of his court vision, like the yeah, way he yeah. plays. Like he'll make passes that it's like I don't even know if I would have seen that guy on the floor. Mm. But like you're saying, it's the guy who who receives the pass who then throws up a brick. And you're right, like right. you can't waste an opportunity yeah, like that yeah. because Jokic just made a great play and you yeah. failed. Where like, you know, the Warriors Draymond wasn't a scoring threat at all. He, he was useless on yeah, the offensive no. side in the yeah. finals. So if you were Boston, you were like, just don't let him get an open you know, right. layup or dunk in the paint. But if we force him to the outside, he's not going to shoot because he sucks. Yeah, yeah. But if he kicks it out to Steph, who's wide open. He's going to bury it. Or Clay, who's wide open. If he's Clay, if Clay gets going, 
yeah. you're fucked. It's I mean, over. Clay's one of those shooters that if he makes like one three, it's like that switch goes on. He's like, oh, yeah. I, I saw it go into the, yeah. the net. I'm just going to start it's firing. A, and then it's yeah. just like three after three after three. It's and all of a sudden, like, Clay Thompson drops 30 in the yeah. first four minutes of yeah. the third quarter. And you're like, oh. Dude, so oh. one thing I wanted to say, too, about the Warriors. Like, I think we've brought this up on the podcast before when we've talked about the NBA. Is I, I think you and I both remember it was like, I don't know, 2011, 2012, somewhere in there when the, the Nuggets made the playoffs As and, we lost, and we lost to the Warriors in the first round. And it was this, it was the first time that the quote unquote Splash Brothers had really like jumped onto the scene on the national scale. And you're sitting there watching it as a Nuggets fan, being like, "Are these guys ever gonna miss a three? Like this is preposterous." Dude, they averaged, I'm pretty and sure, then, like a 65 percent field goal percentage through dude, the entire series. It was it was unbelievable. It's like we can't compete with a team that's literally everything they throw up goes in. Yeah. It seems like, and then you know that ends up turning into arguably, I mean, in Steph's case, pretty much not even arguably the greatest shooter in the history yeah, of the NBA. I, now. I don't think there would and be Clay's a shooter. And Clay's one of him. the best shooters in the history of the NBA. And then you have, you know, over time they've had Draymond and then they had fucking Kevin Durant, who was like a top five NBA right. player each year for the past 10, 15 years. It's like that ended up turning into what we see now as this dynasty. But back then it was like, who are these fucking guys? But well, that was the year <clears throat> yeah, they came onto the scene. We were the three seed. They were the six seed. They had Mark Jackson as their coach, and they just – we were this run and gun. You know, we would just run the floor. Like, that was our uh, um, George Carl teams where yeah, we would just yeah. go with, like, Ty Lawson yeah. and, like, Mello. And it was – like, we had a team that could have won a championship, but then when a team shoots 65% against you and it, it – through an entire series, not there's, like one game. There's nothing you There's can nothing do. you can do about it. <clears throat> Even when they were losing – I think it was, like, a six-game series – and even when they lost the games, they were like, yeah, we shot 84% from the field it's, today. It's we only lost by one. And it's like, how did you not miss? And, like, the shots Curry throws up, like, he'll throw it up, you know, almost at the logo half the time. And he just turns around and walks away. And I'm like, at what point will he start missing these, though, to where his confidence goes away? Because, like, he's... I would compare him in a sense not as the same type of player. Kobe's, I would say, on a completely different level. I would say Curry's obviously a better shooter than Kobe, but Kobe was probably a better scorer than Curry. Just in an overall sense, he had way more weapons than Curry does. But there would be times where Kobe would, you know, the Mamba mentality, he would make that shot, and it was just game on. Like, you're fucked if you're guarding Kobe because yeah, yeah. he's going to score no matter what you do. Yeah, You could put Yao, Shaq, all just like hugging Kobe, and he would still score. He's gonna find and I feel way. the same way with Steph. You could have a seven-foot-tall – you have Boban Marjanovic out guarding him, you know, within like a foot of him, and he would still somehow lob a ball over the tip of his finger and it'd go in. <laughs> like when he, when he makes one and he's on, you're fucked. Yeah. Just, he's get, dropping just 30 minimum. Get out of the way. So <clears throat> the other thing I was going to say about the Warriors is – and this is something that I think a lot of people are aware of if they watch the Warriors play a lot. They are a third-quarter team. And, and I was watching them, especially through – I mean, I watched a little bit of the Western Conference Finals. I didn't, I didn't watch a little bit of the earlier rounds, but Western Conference Finals and then especially the Finals. And there would be games where, like, Boston had outplayed Golden State in the first half, and I'm like, all right, I'm feeling pretty good about Boston's chances here. But at halftime, I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, if they don't come out firing in the third quarter and shut down Golden State, it's going to be a real problem. Because Golden yeah. State has this tendency to come out of the half – 
and in the third quarter go off and oh. out- outscore the other team, you know, fucking think of the Nuggets 40 series. something to 10 or whatever. Yeah. And it's like they do it all the time. And then like Boston will come out and like they're kind of feeling themselves. They're like, all right, you know, we, we got a good lead at half, 10 point lead at half or whatever. And then end of the third quarter, they're down by 16. Dude, it's like, well, what happened? Think like, of the Nuggets series. The Nuggets would go in a half with like a 20 or 30 point lead in almost all the games. And all of a sudden, yeah. Like you said, going in the fourth quarter, it's either tied or you're only up by like two at that point. Yeah. You're like, where did our massive lead go? Yeah, the the Warriors especially. Like if I was a coach of a team playing against the Warriors, I'd be like, we need to come out and play lockdown defense in the third quarter because if we don't get on them now, it's going to get out of hand like that. And it does all the time. You'll see it in like the first eight minutes of the third quarter. It's like all Warriors. <laughs> There's just yeah. stuff comes out cooking. Clay gets going a little bit. It's just like oh my god. And then Jordan Poole, like that's the thing that's it's it's frustrating to watch if you're rooting for anyone who's playing the Warriors because like you'll you'll watch them and it's like okay. They somehow got the ball out of Steph's hand because you know he dribbles around like a fucking mastermind. Like the ball is like yeah. connected to his hand, and and then they somehow like he'll dish to Clay and they'll somehow force the ball out of Clay's hand. You're like, okay, thank God, the shot clock's running down. It Clay's not going to take a shot. Steph's not going to take a shot. They have a chance, and then they'll somehow get it to Jordan Poole and he just buries it. And or it's Andrew like, Wiggins. We're forgetting about Andrew, Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins. That dude fucking he was he, out of control in the finals. You could dude. make a legit argument that Andrew Wiggins. Could have been Finals MVP. He, absolutely, like absolutely. It was between Curry and him, and the margin wasn't very big. He he opinion. had a tremendous Finals, a tremendous Finals. Yeah. That Game Five, I think it was. He had like because Steph kind of had a down night. I think Steph only had fourteen or fifteen points or something like that. And uh, Wiggins had like twenty five, had a bunch of rebounds, bunch of assists. Like he had a tremendous game. Um, I I think. I have not followed Andrew Wiggins' career very closely, but I think there was a lot of criticism of him in Minnesota. Like, he did not live up to the hype that everyone had around him. Well, because he was originally drafted by Cleveland. His turn here in Golden State has has worked wonders for him. It's it's clicking insanely well. But so, So think about it, though, right? Some players aren't meant to be this superstar. Some players are meant to be more of a role player where they can thrive. If your option number three and options one and two are Clay and Steph, obviously reverse order, but right. if those are your two options, you're going to get a lot of looks. Yeah. And then if Poole is you know, on fire too, you become option four. Right. So then if the defense is going, okay, we've got to guard those three guys, Andrew Wiggins is a different type of scorer, in my opinion, mm-hmm. than them. He, he's more of a, I'm going to kind of get into the paint, be a little yeah. bit more dirty he, with I think my he points. has more weapons in terms of attacking the hoop. Right. And... But that that works perfect. If you've got three guys that are all just standing on the perimeter and you cut and you can get in behind the defense, I mean, it's easy. Yeah. But there's also – I would say there's a weakness to this Warriors team, and I think the Nuggets would have exploited it if we had a fully healthy team because they play small ball, which means they had Draymond being their five guarding Jokic. Yeah. That's a big mismatch size-wise. Yeah. Yeah. you got to give credit to Draymond. He's a great defensive player. He has won you know, what, a argue, couple of Defensive Player of the Year. You could argue he could go down as you know the greatest defensive NBA player of all time just because he, he truly can shut down people. But if you go in there and you have Jokic against Draymond and you add in like an MPJ who's 6'10", yeah. which means probably Wiggins would have to guard him, and then you have uh, Jamal Murray, holy shit, that defense is like – Okay, we can't just triple team Jokic because Will right. Barton's going to miss the the corner three on a terrible shot. You go, we have all these big guys who are bigger than all of us, and now they can spread the floor. Well, to your point, to that point exactly, 
the games in the finals that Boston won, they dominated the paint. Right. So it's very interesting with, with Golden State. Like, if you didn't have a once-in-a-generation shooter, well, actually two once-in-a-generation shooters on your team, the way the Warriors play is actually not a super effective way to win games because they it's live terrible. and die by the outside shot. They live and die by the three, which if anyone who's ever played basketball before – most of the time, your coach doesn't really want you playing that way because if you're not on, you can't score any points and you're going to lose games. It's just a low but percentage shot. It's a low percentage shot. But the Warriors are just in this unique situation where like, the three in a lot of situations for them shot. is a higher percentage <laughs> shot than if they were trying to attack the hoop because of what you were saying where they're, they're so much more of a smaller team than especially teams like Boston who got guys like Al Horford and stuff in the paint that – they live and die by the three, but the problem is they're so good at shooting threes that it kind of doesn't matter because they right. shoot such a good percentage. Like there's very, 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 very rarely an off night for them shooting. So it's like it doesn't really matter. See, like they're one of the only teams where you watch them have a fast break and they'll, and they'll, pull up at the three. they'll literally, they prefer to just kick it out, pull up at the three, and shoot a three. And it's literally. A higher percentage shot for them than if another team just went in for a fucking layup. It's right. insane to watch. It's like that. I, every time I see that, I'm like, when I played basketball, my coach would have lost right, his fucking mind if we would have popped up for a three on a fast break in two on one situation. Like they, they would have been like, "What are you doing?" Well, I think, but for the Warriors, it's like, oh, it's it's fine because it's Steph shooting and he shoots better from three than he does from anywhere else, pretty much. Yeah. I think it's interesting though because I think there's an easy way to combat that, and it's just. It all starts on your own offensive zone. If you can be physical against them and get yeah. them into a foul trouble game, yeah, make them play defense on you. Yeah, Curry, I don't think is that great of a defender. So Thompson, yeah. Thompson's, you know, to he's your, a pretty good two-way player. To your point, player. the commentators were saying in that game six, uh, Steph is not a very good defensive player, but he has improved a lot. And he right, actually, right. they were saying like he's, you can tell he's putting in a lot more effort than he used to on defense. Right. He's working on that. He used like, to just do the little, oh, he yeah, got by like me. he he realizes that's a weak area in his game on the defensive end, so he's working on it. So anyway, continue with your thought. That well, is, I was, to, to Steph's I was credit, just going to say, you know, that's the best way to get good players out of the game. You put them in foul trouble. Because if, if you have like a Jalen Brown or a Jason Tatum or even Marcus Smart on any, you know, Clay, Draymond, or Steph, just work the paint. You got to get yeah. in there to where you make it more or less a nitty gritty, dirty game. Get them to get in foul trouble because then Curry's going to have to sit there and go, okay, do I play Draymond with four fouls in the second quarter right. when we know he's going to foul out? If Draymond has four fouls before halftime, you know he's going to foul out. <laughs> yeah. It's just a guaranteed fact. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, and he's probably going to get one technical. <laughs> right. So if you get Draymond out, boom, okay, you got the best defender on the floor out of the game. Yeah. You open up that makes things a lot holes. easier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you start attacking Clay, you start attacking Curry, you're going to slowly wear them down. I mean, I'll turn it into hockey terms is, you know, like the Avalanche, they have Kale McCarr. He's the best defenseman in the world right now, in my opinion. And I don't think that's just my opinion. I think that's a commonly shared um, factual opinion. Yeah. And if you want to beat down a guy that can beat you with his legs, with his mind and everything, you got to put your body on him. You got to make it a physical, nitty-gritty game to slow him down. Yeah. Start bumping into Clay. Start bumping into Steph. Yeah. Make them feel your presence and make them yeah. know, hey, you're not going to get clean looks all the time. Like I think that's one of those things that, for, especially for people who played, 
it's it's hard to explain to someone who didn't play how much that actually affects someone's offensive ability if you're constantly just banging with them all game. Well, I mean, even going to like a fight, right? Yeah. If you're if you're in the UFC, say you're the 265 pounder in a heavyweight fight, and you're going up against a guy who's 245 pounds, like they're both heavyweights. If if you have a 265 pound man, yeah, he's only 20 pounds heavier than you, leaning against you, and all you fight. have to hold yeah. his weight up. Yeah. You're going to be exhausted. It's going to wear he's you not. down. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to be able to be fresh when he comes out in the third round. So you got to just attack more. I mean, like, some teams will just be like, oh, I'm not going to. Like, Curry kind of will have a little bit of a lackadaisical defense on the shot blocking attempts. Yeah. And he's more like, okay, I'm not going to necessarily go for the block. I'll more turn up, not necessarily cherry pick, but get ready for a, yeah. a fast break going the other way. And it's like teams would just throw it up. And it's like, Take it at him, like drive yeah, at him, yeah. like yeah, like to to your point, he has gotten better on the defensive end, and he's really good at that little. I, I don't know, I'll just hockey terms poke check where right. he just throws P- his hand out ball, more or less yeah. and pops it out. But other than that, it's like he's not a threat to block you at the rim. Yeah, I don't no. think he's a threat to play lockdown D. If you post him up, you're more than likely going to get a good look. Well, and to your point too. Um, there were moments in, especially like games five and six, where they were they were able to like through switches. Boston was able to get these incredible mismatches on Steph, where it was like Al Horford like right. posting up Steph, and it's like get him the ball. Al Horford's right. gonna score, if not, he's gonna get fouled by Steph trying to attempt to swat the ball out. Of or, his or if something. you get the ball down in the paint to Al Horford and Steph's on him, someone's gonna have to come. Right. And help, and, and that's help. when Horford yeah. conditions it off, and then you have but an open look. For whatever reason, Boston wasn't able to capitalize on those situations. And another thing, you know, to my point earlier, um, the games that Boston won, they dominated the paint. So offensive and defensive rebounding was heavily skewed towards Boston. They were banging with uh, Golden State, getting Golden State's top players into foul trouble, and they were limiting their turnovers. Right. And then later in the series, the games that they were losing, they were not winning in the paint. They were like you. You could see it on possessions. Like you didn't even have to look at the stats. They someone would shoot, and all of them would just start running down the other floor. Like there's no one even within the paint attempting to rebound. And Golden right. State would just get the board and take off down the other way and score. And then Boston had real turnover problems in games five and six, especially didn't in game like six. Jason Tatum have like twelve or something in one Dude, of the games. Game six was rough. I think they had like 25 turnovers as a team or something like that. And another thing, too, in game six, Jason Tatum just did not show up very very well. Like he did not have a typical Jason Tatum game. And for Boston, that was kind of like their guy that they were leaning on. Him and Jalen like, Brown. It's like, hey, you're our, you're our star. You're our lead player. Right. We need you to have a good game. And he just – and granted, he had better games in other games in the finals. But like when it mattered in that game six, when they had to win, he was like nowhere to be found. Basically, it's usually how some of these players are, though. You're yeah. like, we need you to show up, and then they're you're like, where were you? They're like, in fact, I was, I was out there. Yeah, let's look at that. Like, I wonder what like, he did for game six. I would say, <clears throat> and this kind of like you know a little speculation. We'll say everybody stays healthy next year. I would say Boston has a better chance of going back to the finals than the Warriors. So, let's see here. So, okay, game six, Jason Tatum played 40 minutes. He only had 13 points, seven assists, three rebounds. That's not enough rebounds for someone of his caliber of That's play. just not – that's not going to get it done, and that's not what you want from, like, your star guy. And on the flip side, you know, Golden State, who really – and I was, I, was, I was telling this to someone. I might have been Caleb. I was like, watching that game six, you would expect Boston to come out and it was on their home court, right? It was in right. Boston. 
you would expect them to come out and be playing like they had to win that game because they did have to win that game. Right. And it was not Boston who was playing that way. It was Golden State who was playing that way. Like, well, and you, I think, you could just tell by watching the flow of the game. It's like Golden State really wants this game. And I think and that Boston came down was to, just like kind of playing like, oh, well, you know, if we lose it, we still got another chance. It's like, no, you don't. Right. You guys have to win this game. It's like, where is the... I think that comes down to experience too, though. You got to think on the others, you know, Steve Kerr, Steph, Clay. Um, Draymond, they've all won three championships. It's that, it's that championship. They know yeah. what they have Pedigree to do. Pedigree is what they call to, it. To yeah. do it. And I think, you know, like I just said, I think Boston has a better chance to go back next year than Golden State does if everybody in the league is healthy. Because I think if you see a healthy Nuggets, if you see a healthy Lakers, it, it can start I was to say, slowly if the Lakers skew are a healthy, league a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think the Lakers are too old anyways. I don't think they're a championship caliber team with AD yeah. and – LeBron anymore. I think well, LeBron can't carry a team anymore to an NBA championship. He, there's too many yeah, good players. I, I, I think with them, the the issue is, and I don't really know why they assembled their team this way, but I think we, we've talked about this before. It's LeBron and AD who, when they are healthy, it's like there's no problems there. Those guys are both right. like top of the league players, caliber players. But the rest of their Everybody team Everybody else is just guys who are older, guys who are beyond their prime now at this point, who are right. like the not role players. that good. You know, it's just like... Russell Westbrook like just did not play very well this well, season for them. I, it's just I, like, I knew Westbrook wasn't going to fit in there because Westbrook is more – I would say he's more the leader of a team, right? He wants to be the quarterback, where I also think LeBron is wants to be the quarterback. Yeah, and, and it's I, hard. They weren't going to yeah, mesh well yeah. because Westbrook's not a great shooter. He, yeah. he earns a lot of his points, and he, he works hard to get down in the paint. Yeah, and make he it drives ugly. to the basket. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's, he's a hardworking player. I'll give him that. I don't like him, but he's a hardworking player. It, it wasn't going to work. I knew it wasn't going to work at the start of the season. I wasn't worried about them. I was more worried. I was more worried about the Nets with oh, yeah. Kyrie and um, Harden and KD. Who, by the way, shout out to Boston for just sweeping Brooklyn yep. in the first round of the playoffs and us not – as NBA fans not having to and listen to all the fucking the Brooklyn bandwagon Philadelphia. fans. Oh, my God. I was so happy that we didn't have to watch Kevin Durant in the fucking NBA as, finals. As painful. So the, I'm, the one person I don't ever want to see win an NBA championship is James Harden. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, and I completely agree. And fucking guy when, bugs the shit out of when me. When he got traded from uh, the Nets to Philly, I was like, okay, I think he went to a better team, more suited to make a run. Yeah. And then as soon as they, they lost to the Heat, and I was like, thank God. Like, <laughs> thank God. Go back to Houston, man. Cause I, and, and to your point, too, like I would much rather root for the Heat. The Heat is a really likable and rootable team <laughs> in the last couple of years, especially since they went to the finals against L.A. in 2020. Like I, just, I like Jimmy Butler. I'm a Jimmy yeah. Butler guy. And I, I kind of like watching a Heat team led by him like – kind of compete, you know what I mean? Yeah, like compete I mean, for titles. Like I, I just like watching Tyler that. Tyler Hero's a good six man off the yeah. bench. I mean, like six man of the year. Shout out to Eric Spolstra too for just I, – I always used to say like everyone was always like, well, Eric Spolstra's this great coach. And I'm like, well, is he? I mean, he had LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh for however many years in a row. Like, yeah, they went to the finals four straight years because they had like three of the best players in the league. Like how good of a coach is he really? But then to his credit – he proved me wrong because, I mean, he's been back having a really, really good team year in and year out with, like, basically just Jimmy Butler. Like, you, if, if you have the right players for your system, you can be a championship team with a good coach, right? I mean, I'll, I'll use – and people can argue with me all they want on this, but the Patriots with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Yeah. 
Yeah. Tom Brady is a great quarterback, don't get me wrong. But if you don't put good weapons and good people around him on both defense and offense, he's not going to lead your team to a fucking Super Bowl. Well, and to your point. And neither will Bill the, Belichick. The, the, the Patriots are – like Bill Belichick in his system is like one of the only examples I've ever seen where you can like – plug and play these guys that you've seemingly never heard of and have right. it work really well. And, also, and you're like, who fucking, are these guys? And they're an 11-6 like, and six team in the yeah. playoffs. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, what? With a rookie quarter. I mean, like, that's where my argument, mean, I know we're switching to football real quick, but my argument with coaches and players is certain coaches can make the team better no matter who's on their team, mm-hmm. right? Because they're smart enough, and I think Bill Belichick's one of them. He's a, As much as I don't like them, he's a smart enough coach to go, these are the players I have. I'm going to build this system around them, but we also drafted them to fit into my system already. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to play good football. They're not going to – I don't think the Patriots are a team that it would be built to put up 50 points. Yeah. But they're built to score 24 and limit the opponent to 21. Yeah. He's, he's the type of coach that's like, well, I didn't get a very good hand here on this, but I'm going to play this right. hand to the best of my but ability. But then, like, kind of switching back to the NBA, you have, like, the – the heat with Spolstra, he puts his team in a good spot to win. They run good offensive possessions. They, you know, they have a good, strong defense. And then you go to the Warriors, and Steve Kerr's like, yeah, just keep shooting. Yeah, just give it to Steph. <laughs> like, if, if I, I could go coach the Warriors to a championship game, I'd be like, hey, Draymond, just quit fouling. Steph Clay, you're doing great. Although you both are combined 0 for 15, but the third quarter's about to start, so that'll change to, you know, 15 of 30 here in a second. And, uh, yeah, you know, you guys just – Keep playing hard, and we'll uh, we'll win. And everyone's like, "Yeah, good, good, good speech, coach." And I'm like, "Yeah, go make you know, fuck it. I'll just go sit on the bench." <laughs> then you sit there, and you're like, "Hey, guys, we're winning by 18 going into the fourth quarter. Uh, just keep shooting the ball. You yeah. guys are doing great. You know, you just- know what's you know what's kind of funny is I have been rooting against the Warriors for essentially every single trip they've made to the NBA Finals in the last eight years, but I like. Everyone on that team except for Draymond. It's very weird. Because, like, back in the day, the year in 08 when the Boston Celtics won the title with with Kevin Durant, uh, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo, and Paul Pierce, I hated every one of those players except for Ray Allen. I just, they bugged the shit out of me. I hated all of their personalities. I hated Ray Allen, too. You hated Ray Allen, too? Um, But I was rooting against them, and it kind of made sense because I hated everyone but, like, one guy. The Warriors, it's like opposite. Like I'm, ha- I hate them because of the success they've had. But I like all of their players except for one guy. Like if I, if Steph or Clay or Jordan Poole or any of those guys were on any other teams, I'd be rooting for those teams, and I would like those players a lot. But because they're on the Warriors and they're just, you know, dominating so much, I, I'm actively rooting against them. But I like all of them individually except for Draymond. It's so strange. See, I don't like Draymond. I think he's just a bitch. Um, he's just really like I. I don't understand. I was going on this big rant the other day. We were watching like Game Four at my parents' house, and he was just he was getting into. So earlier in the series, he had gotten into like technical foul trouble, which right. is like something that he's known for. Because he just, if you watch him, he literally never shuts the fuck up. He's just always he's talking. He's also a dirty player. And just yeah, and just yapping in the ref's ear after every single play and talking shit to people. And I was just ranting to my parents, and I was like, I don't like. I understand that he's an essential player to the, their success and the, the the system of their team. But like, how is it that like, like Steve Kerr and the ownership of the Warriors hasn't been like, if you don't stop getting technical fouls and being such a piece of shit player, we're gonna bench you. Right. Like this is 
outrageous that he's just allowed to just do whatever he wants and no one says shit about it, I guess. Like, do, think, they, do you think they ever like internally discipline him in any way for getting all of these technicals? I mean, and like, no, I don't think internally. The league will suspend him for the one game if you get you like. Know, do like you realize that technicals or whatever they would have won four straight NBA Finals had he not been such a loudmouth? The year that the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Warriors, he was absent from a very key game in that Finals because he was suspended right. for that, getting too many technicals. That's when they were up three. Like, that is a real it? problem. That's a real reason, like a big contributing factor to the reason Cleveland won that year. And it's like, so this is not just me being like, well, he talks too much and I don't like that. It's like, it's actually... It's a problem. It's a problem for the success of their team. And it's been proven in the past that it's a real problem. And yet he's just allowed to continue to keep doing it. It's the same with... His technical fouls now that he was, he was playing with the Nuggets, I sit there and go, what the fuck? You called that a technical? I'm I'm a huge, huge person when it comes to playing physical. Yeah. I love that play. Let them fucking play. Let them bang yeah. each other up. They're there needs to be more men. of that in the there NBA. There needs to sure. be more of that because it's fucking boring for me to sit there and watch guys just run down, throw up a three, run down, throw up a three. People are like, oh, the scoring's great. And I'm like, is it great? Because you just see fucking 75 three-pointers thrown up every game, and it's boring as fuck to watch. You know why college basketball is so much fucking fun to watch? Because a 72 to 68 nail biter national yeah, championship yeah, yeah. game is fucking fun. Yeah. Because it's a fucking nail biter. Yeah. They play defense. Yeah. It's back and forth the whole game. The NBA is not back and forth. It's like, who's going to make the three this time? Right. Oh, you missed two threes in a row. They made their two threes in a row. It's a six yeah. point swing. Yeah. It's not a, you ran the shot clock down at six seconds before you threw up a clean shot because you worked hard. Okay. No, nah, you're fucking over here just throwing up threes while everyone's picking their fucking wedgies. Okay, so if we're going to get on our old man soapbox about NBA, which it seems like we are, <laughs> I would like to get on my soapbox as well. And I'm going to not sit here and just rant about how the NBA used to be better back in my day, like old man, get off my lawn. I type mean, we're stuff. not old enough for that. But. I will say, okay, I look at this from a logical perspective. So a lot of people, like, when you watch... So Sam gets way more fired up about this than I do with the traveling calls and how they just basically oh, don't call traveling. No traveling rules. doesn't exist yeah. in the NBA. That, like, yeah, it's egregious, and it's, like, definitely something in the rules of the game that is enforced in all other levels except for the NBA for some reason. But I get the argument that if you're like, well... If they don't call traveling, it leads to more scoring, which is more exciting. It makes a more exciting product. They can sell more tickets. Yada fucking yada. Okay, I get it. But the one of the new things that I've seen here recently that is just bugging the shit out of me is the... I mean, obviously, in the last few years, the fouls and the flopping have become just to a point that's just, just a like... a bunch of fucking divas. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous watching it. But... The rule that they instituted here recently, where like this, I this year I, was the first year, I believe. Yeah, and I, I think I, I know what you're talking. You're about. aware of what I'm about to say, of where like if a three point shooter, not even any, not even just a three, like if anyone's going for an outside shot and they're up in the air and they're releasing their shot, and you come out to contest as a defender, basically what they instituted was like there's this rule where they're calling fouls if you are in someone's like landing landing zone. radius when they come down and what they were trying to do which is like i get the intention and it's a good intention is to like reduce the amount of fouls and injuries that were happening when people were coming down and landing on someone's foot and turning their ankle right. or tearing their knee or whatever like that's all good the spirit of the rule is good but the way it is enforced now is comical it's not in the same spirit of the rule because 
like in in the, I saw this in the 2020 finals. Um, it happened several times to the Milwaukee Bucks, so that where they got fucked out of threes, um, and it happened in you know 2021, and then this year, like there are plays where you'll see like Steph, for example, will get the ball, he'll go up for a shot, and if you watch him, I, I literally it was like game three or four of the finals. I watched him for like minutes at a time during that game. Every single time he put up a three, he'd kick his legs out. He'd kick his legs out, fall down on the ground and sprawl out like he had just been knocked over and and you, there's and you no know contact, what? contact, there's nothing. Yeah, no contact at all and you know what? He gets a call on that a lot. Well, and, and then so what happens consequently is not only does he bury the three because he's the greatest shooter in the history of the NBA, but then he, but then gets, he gets another free, free point. So it's a four-point play. On a play where I, no one made contact with him at all. And you can see it on the replay. And it's like you can watch the ref. The thing is, like, if you watch it real time, you can watch, like, if he would have just shot, come down, and not fallen down or splayed his legs out or anything, there wouldn't have been a call. And he wouldn't but have because, hurt himself. Yeah, but because he comes down, sprays his legs out, and, and intentionally makes contact with the defender, he right. initiates the contact with the defender and then falls down like he's been knocked over. The ref sees that out of the corner of his eye and is like, oh, well, that must have been a foul. And it's like, dude, it was not a foul. Well, and, and, and here's my thing. Like, just let me finish real quick. No, never. <laughs> I'm not going on. I mean, it might sound like I'm going on my old man, like, you know, fucking pedestal about how the NBA sucks now because of the way they call it. But it's like, if you're, if the argument for a lot of the way they call this stuff and stuff that they let go is that it makes... It makes for more scoring, which improves the product, which sells more tickets and, and makes the NBA a more popular sport to watch. I get it. But what I just described is making the NBA product worse. Like, I don't understand why they are... And, and you know what? All of this, all of the flopping that we see is totally within the control of the refs. They have let it get this bad. If they would just call the game, call actual contact fouls fouls, and then people... That are flopping. If like when I played back in the day, <laughs> back in when, my day, back when in I my played, day, when we used to play without <laughs> fucking three point line. When I played, if there were people who were flopping and the refs just ignored them, guess what? No one fucking flopped well, anymore, and they wouldn't. You didn't get those so, calls. The only reason guys flop now is because they know they'll get a call and they'll just get free throws for no fucking reason. Well, it's just like, why are you calling this? It's the same with people driving the paint, right? They do the whole like arm noodle bullshit where they're like, Ugh. and and here's the thing though, as a Jokic fan and a Nugget fan, if you watch him, the dude ends the game and his arms are like gushing blood out of every cut and bruise, and he shoots two free throws in a game, right? Yeah. He's getting hacked all, all right. the time. Yeah, James Harden. Only scores points because he goes to the free throw line fucking 30 times a game, yeah, right? He literally scores like 90% of his points. Joel Embiid like. averaged 12 free throws a game this year. 12. You're telling me you're going to send Joel Embiid to the free throw line 12 fucking times and Jokic is going to average fucking like three? Yeah. That, the only reason Joel Embiid, everyone's like, whoa, Joel Embiid had 38. Six and one tonight. Yeah. And it's like, He's well, 16 MVP. of those was from free throws. And it's like, how many free throws did he shoot? And one day, I'm pretty sure I looked, and he shot like 22 free throws in a game, and he made 18 of them. I'm like, over half his fucking points came from flopping. Right. And to your point, I don't, I don't think the NBA is supposed to call those. If they kick their leg out, they're not supposed to call it a foul right. anymore. Like, but that's, they definitely do. But they do. And here's... You know, and this is why I'm such a big fucking hockey fan. Like, I don't give two fucks about the NBA. Didn't watch a single finals game. I only watch the Nuggets if they're in the playoffs, and that's about it. In hockey, there's an embellishment penalty, right? Okay, okay the guy hit my shin with his stick. 
lightly and I'm going to dive forward to try to get a tripping call, right? Yeah. Most of the time, if the ref sees that, he's going to send both guys off the ice, one for tripping and the other one for embellishment. I love that. I love that. So if the embellishing player, though, gets the penalty for embellishment, he gets fined by the league. Okay. Every embellishing penalty, he gets fined. So it's a flopping penalty, essentially. Right. So, so, yeah. so like I said, if I hit you in the shin with my stick and you dive forward and it's a clear dive, it's not yeah. like, you know, there's certain trips where your legs just it, go it out from under you and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. And I hit you and you dive and I'm like, seriously, man? Yeah. The league will rev- – any embellishing penalty, you get fined by the league. Good. So it discourages that so type of behavior. So it discourages that yeah. type of behavior. Sure, there's still players that do that, and it doesn't necessarily always get called because yeah. some of them it's like, well, it looks like he it's actually like, yeah, tricked hard you to on that. Yeah, yeah. They need to implement something like that into this fucking NBA because it's so boring to watch. And not only that, if you watch younger kids playing now, they do the same shit. That's the thing. Right? It's like now they see they're, they're trying the to NBA sell guys that, and they, they play like that. That they now. got yeah, fouled. Yeah. And they're like, it's part of the game. I'm like, is it though? They shouldn't and, be though. Is the problem? That's it, not the. That's not the way the game is designed to be played. Right. And and this goes back to like, there are fouls. We're we're not saying that like there's there's right. no fouls, but like you call fouls when there's legitimate contact. I mean, when you watch NBA games, you can see this. You have a slow mo replay from like seventy two different angles. Right. And you're like that guy literally never touched Steph. Right. They never made contact. And he's not within. F- 15 feet of where he's landing. And somehow this is a foul on that guy. It's like, so what are you supposed to do as a defender? Just not close out at all? Like, right. just give him a wide open shot? Like, what are you supposed to do? I and don't so, understand. So this is where it comes back into that whole conversation of old school basketball versus new school basketball. And when I say old school old school basketball, I'm talking even it's not that mid-2000s. Long ago. Yeah, yeah, not that you know, long You could ago. even say maybe the 2010s yeah. a little bit in the early 2010s. The flopping is a recent that's, phenomenon. That's... You know, and, and that's where you have players like Shaq, Charles Barkley, yeah. you know, some of those those big name guys. Oh, they wouldn't last in my day. And and when they say that, they're not saying that that player wouldn't have been good back then. They're yeah. just saying if their they, attitude right now, yeah. they would have been flopping and the ref would have just looked at him and been right. like, like, the what, fuck are you get doing up. on the floor? Like, what are you man? doing? Yeah. And then their player would have gone down and scored. Right. Like when they say they wouldn't last or, or survive or be good in that sort of age, it's because James Harden wouldn't shoot a hundred fucking free yeah. throws. Well, and that's that's my frustration is like you know what the equivalent is? It's like when a little kid falls and like bumps his leg or something, and then he looks up you at his laugh parents, at him. and if they're like, "Oh, are you okay?" they start crying <laughs> immediately. And then you laugh at like, them. They're like, "Oh yeah, you're right." But I'm if good. you see the parents, if they're like, "You're okay, get up, you're fine," they like they don't cry. They I'm get like, up. I'm, I'm, so it's like if you if you quit like rewarding them right. for quit like encouraging quit, bad behavior coddling them encouraging bad behavior they're going to quit doing what they're doing so what what's happening is like the guys like the James Hardens of the league are exploiting the way the game is being refed right. that's exactly what's happening they're exploiting it to their advantage by shooting you know getting 25 points off of free throws a game right. off of plays that like maybe two of those were actual contact fouls. For one year, I want them to play the entire NBA season from start to finish as it's like street rules. <laughs> now, when I say street rules, I'm talking me, you, and Brandon out playing 21 because we play hackathon, and when I s- smoke the shit out of one of your arms, I look at you and I'm like, it's your, you can call the foul. Like, yeah, yeah. I blatantly fouled you, but it's up to you if you want to be a pussy and call the foul or if you want to <laughs> be a man and let's just keep playing. <laughs> you know? 
Well, but it's I, like, I think what we're saying, and I, I, I love that idea, but I think what we're saying is You know how much like, fun the NBA would be there if they are, played that with style? Like, there are legitimate fouls in basketball, and there's a reason why there needs to be refs is because sometimes when you're shooting, someone fouls you, and then that's, right. you get free throws now. That's how it works. But if no one makes contact with you and you just flail onto the ground and act like you've been like hit in the side and pushed over... And then the ref just calls that, even though there was no contact. That shouldn't. That behavior should not be rewarded well, with free points. And not only that's ridiculous. Not only do they do it on the offensive side, like with, like what you're saying with them shooting, but they'll do it on the defensive side. If someone goes to set a screen on them and they hit him, they do the whole oh he yeah, like yeah. lowered his shoulder and decked me. I'm like the dude stood there for the past ten seconds. Okay, and here's another thing. I just I literally thought about this. So I like the team of it's. I think it's uh. It's Jeff Van Gundy, right? Mark Jackson, and then Mike Breen. On I think, ESPN, was, yeah, I is, think is, is the commentating trio. I like all those guys a lot. And normally, I love Van Gundy because he's like the one guy out of the three who will just say what's on his mind, and he's right. like, I don't care. This is how I feel. But what I've what started to really disappoint me here recently, especially like this year in the playoffs, is there are plays where there are these situations that we've been describing where there's like zero contact in the re- and the refs call foul. And then they'll go to the monitor and watch a replay and decide if it's a flagrant foul. And then he'll be watching the replay and they're all debating on like whether this was the right call or not. And he'll be like, yeah, that's a foul. And I'm like, dude, you, you were the one guy who used to be like, no, this is ridiculous. That's not a foul. Like we need to call the, the NBA game is better. shoving some money his way. And now he's starting to go the other way of like, oh yeah, that's a foul. And it's like, am I watching the same replay that you guys are watching? He spun around like like there there'll be plays where the guy's pivoting and there's a defensive player right in front of him. And you know how you like you're you're normally allowed right. to like you have your own personal. You're space. not supposed you, to throw the elbow, right? But, but you, you, you can, can pivot and like get the guy kind of out of your personal space to either make a shot or pass or do whatever you're going to do. And it's like they'll the player will turn and pivot and the their elbow will come within like an inch of and the guy's face and the guy like jerks his head back and falls down, starts that, holding his nose or something. That's the infamous and like, LeBron, bro. You watch you? the replay and it's like there's clearly space between right. the elbow and the face. It's like no contact was that's, made. That's why are you that's calling fucking f- the infamous LeBron too when he like went up and someone went to swat it and they were like oh he poked him in the eye and I'm like oh I remember that dude remember he was that. this far from his fucking there face was LeBron literally no LeBron contact. laying on the ground and he looks like this yeah. to see what the officials doing right, and he goes right, back to this right. and, and then he hops back up and I'm like and here's my oh thing. is your eye <laughs> here's my thing if is we have okay? if we have instant replay and we're going to instant replay for certain situations. Why is it that we can't go to replay and then everyone look at it and be like, there was no contact there. Well, now we're, they we're can taking challenge the foul fouls. Fouls. Thank God they can. But I think they can like, only do it like once. They're yeah, like, but we got to use our challenge on this foul call, right? And they're like, well, he's, he, he, he was on the same floor as him. And the refs are like, <laughs> flagrant! Get him out of here! And everyone's like, what? It's just, I don't understand how like if we have instant replay and we can all look at it and it's in super slow motion from 25 different angles... And it's very, very, very obvious that there was zero contact. Why can't we just erase that foul call and be like, there was no foul. We're going to keep playing. This fucking guy doesn't get free throws because of this. And just stop encouraging this type of behavior. Because here's my thing. It's not, and I've said this before, it's not that I'm like being like, they should go back to where it was like the 80s and everyone was just fucking throwing each other to the ground all the time. And it's I just, mean, that'd be great though. It'd be kind of cool to watch. But it's just like, if your argument is that you're trying to make the NBA a better product by allowing more scoring. Then make the games. What What's happening right now is is diluting your product. It's right. making the NBA less fun to watch, and that's ruining your product, which, 
you know, if you're in the business of making money, I, I, you would think you'd be in the business of making your product the best it can be and the most enjoyable it can be, so that you can make more money, right? It's well, like, and, and it seems backwards that they're being that they think this is somehow good for the game. It's but like, they it's think not. it's just scoring. What they it's should do then the is the just game, add right? a five point line at half court <laughs> right, and just right. have people start chucking yeah. up half court shots. Yeah, and be like, yeah. oh, that's a ten pointer. You win. And then make it so be where if you, you shoot from the opposite corner, it's just an automatic win. If you make this shot, it's an automatic win. Like, I'm not... Like might as well do that. I'm not advocating for any drastic changes to the way the NBA is played. It's just like, just restrict these ridiculous foul calls a little bit. Just well, make so, it less preposterous than so it is right now. So I think right they now. should do it's this in every hard. league. And I think there are things that do this. But they need to go through and review game... By, like, there needs to be a referee... Um, review process for every game. Every single game that's played, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL. I'm not going to throw soccer in there because it's a whole different realm of <laughs> flopping. But I will say soccer is almost less flopping than basketball now. And it's like, I'd rather go watch a 1-0 game in soccer and <laughs> them fucking flopping than this dude. Because at least in soccer... They can slide and they lightly tap their shin, but there's at least contact there when they fly 48 feet, tumble, roll, 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 grab their ankle, roll, 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 cry, get carried off on a stretcher, and all of a sudden they're back scoring a goal. It's like, all right. But I think there needs to be review, and it needs to be a review of did you ref the game fairly, one. Yeah. So it's like a review of how the game is actually Accurately, two. Like you said, there's travels, there's double dribbles, there's all that bullshit. Does that really bother me that much? Not really until it's like, dude, he literally picked up his dribble at half court and, and is and now dunking. Still hasn't dribbled. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you should call that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's blatantly obvious. Right. Like maybe at five steps we start maybe instituting the, this rule. <laughs> then there's like the one ref that like the dude takes two steps and he's like, oh, that's travel, and everyone's like, like I didn't see the travel, and yeah. I'm usually looking for that. Yeah, but review the refs. Go. That is not a foul. Right. If you keep calling shit like this, you will not be in the NBA. I we like will that start a lot. to suspend. Yeah. I would start to suspend. And like I said, this goes for all sports, not just the NBA, but because we're talking about the NBA. Yeah, I'd be like, it's just it's the most egregious. In the you NBA are being right now. inaccurate, or if you're going to call it one way, you better call it both ways. And the NHL is infamous for this because of a referee who was caught on a hot mic going. Yeah, I don't like them. I'm going to get them a quick penalty on the start of the period. Oh, and shit. he got kicked out of the NHL because he got caught on a hot mic saying that he was for calling just the game call. in a biased fashion. Right. Yeah. And it's one of those things that goes – and you see, like I said, with the NHL, there's makeup calls, right? Yeah. So if one team's got two power plays in the first period, you know the other team is going to get two fucking little chintzy calls more than likely to give them an equal opportunity. And it's like – Call the game fairly. If one team has 10 infractions and the other team has one and it's a 10 to 1 discrepancy, make sure that the, everybody knows that nah, that was an accurately called game and you'll get rid of this problem. If I was an NBA official and I saw Steph jump up, kick his legs out, and no one touched him and he's looking at me like foul, I'd be like, get up. Yeah, there's no foul, man. There's no and, contact. And if you want to get in my face, I'll be the first to tee you up. I'll be like, if you want to argue the game, you're not supposed to argue with me on a call. That's technically a technical with the way that you're trying to respect the referees and the officials. So if you get up and you want to argue with me, I'll just tee you up. Then there is a foul. Or if you just get up and play like a man, all right, we're playing basketball. And I, when he fouls you, I'll call the foul. I, I like I like your idea of like the NBA as a league. <clears throat> 
doing like a film study on how the refs are actually calling the game. Because right. then, then after every game, and then you can publish that information and have it be known to the fans of like, okay, look at here's our refs who ref our games throughout the season. Here are the refs who have called the most inaccurate foul calls or whatever. Right. Or like and most, then you don't put them in the NBA Finals. Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, now we know that this guy is clearly a problem. And you start punishing the refs who are calling the game in an egregiously biased fashion and then promoting the refs who are calling the game well, the way it should be called. And then the eventually you can kind of weed out this whole culture of the way the game is refed right now, which is really just ruining like the enjoyment of watching the NBA, which well, is the part that bums me out the most. And there's this one ref who I'm pretty sure Chris Paul is like 0-13 when he is refing oh, I've heard about this. I've heard about this for, guy. Yeah. For Chris Paul. Yeah. I don't know like the actual numbers, but it was like at one point I think he was 0-11 when this guy's refing, and yeah. I don't think he won the game that he was refing again. Yeah. But it's like it's one of those things that goes I don't know if that's coincidence or if there's, or if there's some clearly true some player sort of bias, bias yeah, there. Yeah. But to have integrity in your game, and maybe this is something we could talk about on a different episode if we want to bring people in and talk about it because I think it's fascinating. But sports betting, now that it's becoming legalized almost in every state through a mobile device, how much is that influencing these the outcome of certain games? I'm not saying that some of these games are being called or thrown but it would be interesting to sit there and think because you have certain NBA teams, NFL teams, NHL teams, MLB teams who are now sponsored by sports books. Right, right. That is a corporate sponsor yeah. sponsoring that team or sponsoring the league. It, it begs so the question. How, it's a legitimate concern. How is this yeah. turning the you know legitimacy of that game into a, well, I got money on the game, so – we're going to call it this way. Well, and it's not that's not a conspiracy hat type of thing to bring up. No, I mean, Pete Rose did there it. Has, well, there has actually been refs in the past who oh, have yeah. gotten caught like throwing games, essentially, like basically refing games so that one team will... I mean, it's a the NBA has a history of uh, like sort of quote-unquote, I guess you could call it criminal behavior on yeah, the yeah. part of refs involving sports betting. That's a real thing. I mean, that's not like to throw us in, calling this as like a conspiracy or anything. Like, this is a fucking to, real to thing To throw it in terms in of past. Peaky Blinders, and that was that's before, what they do. To your point, that was before there was sports betting on everyone's phone, and it was right. legal in half the states. Well, and, and, and you know, it, it begs the, like, it brings up that question of the integrity of every game. I'm a, I love sports betting. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great. It's, well, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's great because it's gambling, and gambling is really never great unless you're the casino. And yeah. you're like, fuck yeah, woo. Or the sports book. <laughs> but there, it starts to become one of those things. Like Pete Rose, he was betting on his team to win. Mm-hmm. Do I think that should be illegal if you're betting on your own team? Not a chance because you're betting on the people you're playing with to win a game. You're not betting on yourself to lose, which means you're going to throw. You're betting yeah. on your team to win. Which means you're that trying even be, harder to win. Right. That should be a legalized bet because you're betting on yourself, which you're getting paid to win the fucking game. So why shouldn't you be allowed to bet on yourself? Yeah. Just like UFC, I think, and I could be way wrong here. I need to look it up. But I think UFC fighters are allowed to bet on themselves to win. Oh, okay. I don't see because, anything wrong with because that. Because what's wrong why, with yeah. it? If you step in the octagon and you go, I bet on myself to win, I'm going to knock this guy out. And the other guy goes, I bet on myself to win. I'm going to knock this guy out. It's probably the greatest fight you'll ever watch. Well, they have extra motivation to win beyond what they would already have. Just like, but then there becomes like what the NFL just did. And I might take a way big leap here. Calvin really was suspended for a year for betting on the Falcons to win. 
Oh, he was right. betting on his own fucking team to win. Is that suspension coming up this season? Yeah, I don't know. I, well, I don't know what happened with it last year when he stepped away and retired yeah. or whatever. He was suspended for a fucking year for betting on his own team to win. Now, I don't know what's going to happen, but Deshaun Watson and everything going on with him might get suspended for four to six games. I'm just saying, a guy was betting on his team to win. Versus he doesn't have who, 24 yeah. fucking lawsuits on him. He yeah. was just betting on his own team to win. And now a guy with 24 lawsuits might be able to play the majority of a season. I'm just saying. Well, that the NFL is not exactly known for uh, accurately punishing players based on their right. behavior. But I'm just saying, field. you're getting, for the sports betting sake of things, going back to the referees and stuff, a guy's got suspended for a whole year for betting on his own team a guy will not ever allow to be in the hall of fame as arguably the greatest hitter of all time because he bet on himself and his team to win but you you go get a massage like a hundred times and <laughs> be fine you know it's just it's just one of those things so what's stopping nba officials from going i got five Five hundred thousand on the Warriors to win this year. Yeah, you would think that there's some way for the NBA to monitor like what bets like referees are placing. But how? But what if what if you're a referee and I'm your friend and you can it'd be trust kind of hard me? Probably right to but track what, it. But what if you're the referee, right? And I'm your friend that you can trust, and you're like, I'm going to give you five hundred thousand dollars, and you place the bet, and for you place me, the yeah. bet for me, and when you get paid out, you can keep five hundred thousand, right. and I get the fucking seven million. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there going, make it a million, and yeah. we got a deal. Yeah. And you're like, I'll take 6.5 mil because I'm not making that as an official. And it, I mean, I'm not saying it's happening, but it, I think you it's entirely l- possible. Look at the way sure. that games are refed, and you'll see that one team sh- can shoot 40 free throws, and the other team doesn't. And I'm not saying that happened in the finals because I think there was one game where the Celtics had like 12 fouls, and the Warriors shot like maybe 10 free throws and the Warriors had like 27 fouls and the Celtics shot like 28 free throws. Like I'm not saying that happened in the finals. I'm I'm just saying overall with the point that we're making of the NBA being called incorrectly. Well, and and, then here's another point, important point to consider too with basketball, the refs have the ability to influence the game in a much more dramatic fashion than a lot of sports. Like it, the refs can influence a basketball, the outcome of a basketball game, a lot more than, like, let's say an NFL referee can. Well, and I mean, they can all influence the outcome, but it's like refs can really change what right. happens in a game in basketball. So it's like it's – this is an important thing to consider when you're watching the NBA is how it's refed. And I would say it's more important, the officiating of games, to become more and more accurate. I don't agree necessarily that we should take the human error out of these sports. Like, they want to – make the strike zone an automatic strike zone, right? Where we get rid of the umpire calling balls and strikes. Do I think to an extent that would be good? Yeah, because there's a lot of inaccuracies Mm -hmm. in in that sense. Same with the NBA, though. I don't think there should be where we take the human error out of the game of them being like, from my angle, it looked like he smoked him and all – but if you can't see it and you call it, you should be able to yeah. huddle up with the other officials. And, make and a, if they're like, yeah, no, nah, he right didn't call. touch him, yeah. then you just wave off the foul, right. and it's a sideball out of bounds yeah. or baseline yeah. out of bounds, and you move on. If I was an official and I made a call and I'm like, I don't know if that's the right call or not, let me you know, convene with yeah. my peers, 
and they were like, I didn't see any contact. I'd yeah. be like, okay, no foul. And that happens in football. And, and I would be completely fine yeah. with being like, yeah, it was my fault. From my angle, it looked like he made right. contact, but he didn't. So we're, we're going to wave it off. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, there is human on. error. I'm not saying we're going to completely eliminate that, but it's like – you could make the league could make a better effort at trying to reduce human error as much as possible. They need to reduce the calls based on reactions because yeah. I think that's where it that's becomes 100% where it's all it's, coming. Oh, he's on the ground yeah. flopping. Oh, well, oh, there he's... must have been a foul. It's like if you see, you know how like it's the classic uh if there's a fight at school and someone like shoves someone or or punches them and then the person who retaliates is always the one who gets caught by right. the teacher and they get punished. It's like, yeah, but he hit me first. It's like, well, I didn't see that. Right. It's the same thing in, in the NBA where it's like a ref, like a shot goes up and they're, maybe they look up or they look over here for a second and they just out of the corner of their eyes see Steph fall and slide five feet. Right. You're like, oh, it's like, a foul. Oh, shit. Well, there must have been a foul over there. It's like, yeah, but there wasn't. You know what I mean? Right. It's like we need to have some sort of a way – for us to reduce the amount of foul calls on plays like that where there actually was zero contact in order to reduce all of these free throws that guys are getting for literally no reason. And you know? I, I think it's that, like that makes a big difference when right. James Harden gets 25 points a game off of free throws. Well, and it that's I mean, making a big difference in terms of like how many points he's scoring versus how many games his team is winning, et cetera, et cetera. Right. You know? Well, I think the easiest way to combat that would be reviewing every single game and adding yeah, and in an embellishing type fine. Every I would single. love that. I would and, love it. And after you, because that would get rid of the flopping quickly, right? And say after you hit three embellishing fines, you get suspended a yeah, game, and yeah. then it becomes more suspensions as you go on to start cleaning the game up because yeah. then you start to decentivize going to the free throw line. Well, it's the same. It work. It would work the same way as technicals. It's like right if you get technicals every game once you reach a certain amount you start getting suspended it's like and that unless you're Draymond, that starts to decentivize those players from right. just jawing to the ref all the fucking well, time you and know people what I mean? are gonna come back and be like well then you're not protecting them when the shooter when they're coming down well no i'm not saying that right because then you can implement the same sort of system for a defensive player how many times do you know bring in a new foul instead of just you know hey you closed out too close bring in like a zone foul to where it's like too many of these and you get a fine, then you get suspended because then it's going to tell you play straight up and down. Don't right. encroach on their zone because if, yeah, you can't have someone yeah, rolling their ankle or breaking their ankle. Yeah. Or and for sure there are guys who stuff. are playing a little bit dirty where they're getting up under right. people and like that's, you don't want that. Draymond's like, one of the people that does that he, shit. He is. He is. And it's one of those things if you start to decentivize the flopping, then you can start to decentivize an aggre too aggressive of defensive yeah. play. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're going, we're fining all these guys five, ten thousand dollars every time they do that. You have five embellishments in a game. Yeah. That's fifty grand. And players are going, Holy shit, that's more than my game check. Yeah, maybe I should stop maybe flopping. Maybe I should not <laughs> flop like that. Or you yeah. drive into the lane and there's barely any contact and you go flying out of bounds and the ref's like we didn't see shit, and the NBA comes out and they're like, "Seriously, man, just right. laying on your feet." Yeah, like, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have fined you if you didn't go flying out of bounds and yeah. like crying about it. Yeah, just start decentivizing these players by taking the most important thing to them away: yeah. money. Right. And guess what? We'll start to see a much cleaner game 100%. played and called, and then the referees 
decentivize them too. It's, Review it's, their game and be like, yeah. holy shit, that was awful. You got one out of your 40 foul calls in that game right. Right. We're not going to fucking let you ref for two weeks. You're going to be yeah. you know, suspended for two weeks. And the refs are going to sit there and be like, holy shit, I'm not making any money. I need to right. call a fairer, better game. Yeah. It, it's entirely within the power of the league to get this under control. It's just right now they're just letting this be incredibly egregious. It's just so egregious. Well, it just makes it... Like I tell you, and you know, we'll say in all of our, our chats and stuff, I think it's just a league full of divas because they're being rewarded for being a diva. Yeah, and it's You're a shame because it's like... You're not being rewarded for being a good player right it's now. It's a game that I love to watch, and the NBA should be watching basketball at its highest level. Right, and it's just and it's not. It's not March anymore. Madness is the highest level of basketball, yeah. in my opinion. And really, like the reason why in the last several years I, I really don't watch the regular season at all is because of this, and also they play way too many games. Flopping around. Yeah, but it's like they don't really start trying on defense until the playoffs, it right. seems like. You know, it's just like... And even some of the playoff games, you're like, it was 175 to 173. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, like, and that didn't go in a quadruple overtime that yeah, was like, just it's in just, regulation? I'm going to start watching when they're trying. You know, that's just my... I, I pay attention to the standings throughout the regular season, watch highlights, but it's like I'm not really going to start watching until the playoffs because they're not... It's just, I mean, dude, I when just you play 82 games, you can watch during the regular season. It's like everyone's just kind of jogging up and down the court. But the games like, don't mean as playing much. Playing one-on-one. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't – there's not as much incentive for you to try and win when it's like, well, we got 81 more games to play. Right. <laughs> like, oh, we lost our first game. Yeah, our yeah. season's over. Yeah, I mean, we only have 81 left. Fuck yeah. us. It's like yeah. baseball. Baseball's the 162 same thing. 162 games, it's like – That's so many You could start the season dude, out 0-30, and then all of a sudden you're in the playoffs. Yeah, it's like – I just, mean. Speaking of that in sports betting, I heard on the radio the other day that like the Orioles in some year did that. Like the sports books put like a two million to one odds at one point on uh, the Orioles to win the pennant because they were like zero and thirty. They were on like a thirty game losing streak, and oh my so God. the sports books were like, "Fuck it, let's just try and get some people to pay us." Yeah, and you know you probably have people putting a dollar down, ten dollars yeah. down, a hundred dollars yeah. down on like a two million to one odds. And this was a while ago. And all of a sudden, the Orioles were like one game away from winning the pennant. And the oh sports books and shit were shitting their pants like, going. Oh, my God. How like, is this possible? If yeah. they won, casinos probably wouldn't exist right now. They would have bankrupt fucking Vegas. <laughs> that would have been and, crazy. And I heard it. And they were like, so that's what stopped these million-to-one odds that you can right, see. And right. they like a cap on the odds. But I was like... Holy shit! That would have been. I would have been like, "Yeah, hey, here's ten bucks." Right. I'll I'll throw some money on it. Like, Two million to one. Give me give me here's a fucking ten. Yeah. Here's a tenner. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're one game away. You're sitting at home. You're like, come on, come on, come on, come on. All of a sudden you're a big big Baltimore Orioles fan. All Your whole house is Orioles stuff. You're like, go go, and they win. You're like, oh man. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of uh, baseball, the Rockies are not good. Well, I mean, they're not like they've been worse. Which <laughs> they've, yeah, but you know, that's that's not saying much for the Rockies. They're uh, they're pretty brutal. They're playing right now, actually. Let's see how they're yeah, doing. Have a little Father's Day game. But yeah, Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there yeah, that are listening sure. to this. Um, my father, who's not going to listen to this, but Happy Father's Day, <laughs> Mr. Jones. Happy Father's Day. Um, yeah, he's yeah. out. Of, he's out of town. I'm going to have to call him here in a little bit. Uh, you know, I see we have our our buddy uh, Brandon in the chat. Happy Father's Day to him as well. Uh, happy Father's Day to my brother, if you listen to this, as your first Father's Day. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, shout out to all the fathers out there that raise good, strong men. Uh, all the fathers that don't raise good, strong men, you failed. <laughs> but happy Father's Day. Raising sons who either flop or don't <laughs> <Yeah>. flop. <laughs> your son is either a flopper or a non-flopper. And if he's a non-flopper, you did a great job, sir, and happy oh, Father's man. Day. If he flops, you failed. You're what's wrong but with ha- the world. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, I'm good. I think I've said my piece about how the NBA is refed in a completely terrible fashion. Yeah. If you want to wrap uh, maybe up. Maybe I'll become an NBA official. Like the most hated but accurate NBA official <laughs> of all time. I don't think you'd last long. I think the NBA would be like, we got to get this guy out of here. No, the NBA would be like, this going, guy's fucking great, but going the players the fucking quo. hate him. Yeah. I'd sit there and I'd just like stare him down. They'd like chewing me out and I'd be like, all right, well, it wasn't a foul. So Draymond would be, well, what would happen is Draymond would get in your ass and you'd just be like, tech. I'd be like, say one more word, Draymond. Say one more word toward me. And I'd have my whistle and my hands ready. I'd be like, say it. <laughs> Fucking say it. Oh, he would. Did you see? He goes, in, fuck you. I'd be like, Teet. In game, I think it was game five maybe or game six, he wouldn't let Jason Tatum get to the bench. Did you see that yeah. interaction? Like, So what happens Draymond's is like. Draymond's a piece of shit. They, I'm on record it, it was either that. a stoppage or they someone called timeout, so they're about to go to commercial. And Tatum, like, you know how you watch a lot of times, which just, this always bugs me, but, like, there's a there's a whistle. It's not live, but, like, whoever had the ball last will just throw up a shot. Right. And, like, someone's underneath the hoop. They'll, the team, block they'll jump up and, like, block it away. It's like, dude, just don't be a cunt. Like, just let it go in. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. And then, but Draymond took this to an extreme because Jason Tatum had the ball. They, they call timeout or whatever. It's going to go to commercial break. And all he's trying to do is just walk over to his bench. He's literally got his head down, walking toward the bench. He just has the ball in his hand. And Draymond is, like, playing defense on him. Like, won't let him get to his own bench. And, like, starts this big commotion where, like, everyone runs over there and tries to break them up. It's like, dude, Draymond, what are you doing? Right. Like, if I was his coach, I'd be like, if you fucking do that again, you're on the bench. Because you're going to get a technical. Yeah, you're going to get a technical causing a fucking fight for literally no reason. You know what they need to do? What is your issue? And maybe just being a little shit for no reason. You know what they need to do? And maybe this is me, the NHL, you know fan inside me because have, have you watched any of the stanley cup finals games i watched um pretty much the entire game last night actually yeah, great as a non-hockey game. fan i don't Go know ass. what's going on but they kicked ass so i'll explain games to you if we ever watch one during regular season but stanley cup finals games i'm in that zone it's like shut the fuck up leave me alone leave me alone leave me alone all right we scored high five high five, high five. yeah I mean, let's I, fucking go. I get the, I get the gist of it, but I don't know any of the rules, so it's a little hard for me to get engaged. You don't really need don't. to know the rules besides offsides and icing, and they're the two easiest rules, right? Offsides, you got blue lines on each side of the ice going into the attacking zone for one team, defensive zone for the other. You just have to make sure the puck completely crosses the blue line before the skaters get into the zone, which means the skater just has to have their foot uh, within the plane of the blue line when the puck fully enters the zone. That's offsides. If mm-hmm. If... If a player's in the zone and you chip the puck in from out of the zone, then it would be offsides that player has to go back tag up, which means they have to touch the blue line before any other player can enter the zone. Huh. And so it almost kind of sounds like if you're playing uh, like one-on-one on a hoop, you got to like clear the ball right, after every right. shot or something. So, so like when we play 21, if someone hits the rim, right, or we, we even play with air balls, you have to clear it out to yeah. that third like line on Brandon's driveway. You, you, you clear it and right. start attacking. So offsides would be, you know, if, if your whole team's out of the blue – outside of the blue line and you have a player dump it in, it's free game, right? As long as the puck enters the zone before an offensive, an attacking player, then it's onsides. Okay. So, so it's, it's a simple rule, but there can be like, was that onsides or not? Like there's close plays. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then icing is if a defending player dumps the puck into the their attacking zone from behind center ice, the red line, and no one can get to it from their team, it's icing, which means it's mm-hmm. a – Defensive zone face-off for them. It's a simple rule. If you, like, look at it, you're like, well, why'd they call that? It's like, well, just look where he is, and no one on his team was able to get to the puck. And it went past the 
the the end line of you know behind the goal it's icing those are really the only two rules you need to look at because then when the whistle gets blown and you have dudes punch each other in the face the refs are just like come on guys (laughs) if you do it again i'll send you to the box and like the next whistle they're punching each other in the face come on guys (laughs) like it's there was a during last night's game I, i like Looked down to grab a drink or something, and like looked back up, and there was the ref was on top of two of these players yeah. trying to get them. They're like in the goal, and two of these guys yeah. are just. By like, the way, fuck you, Corey Perry, you piece of shit. Oh, okay. He was he was the Tampa Bay Lightning guy oh, in that, that because, was involved in that little scrum. because okay. if you watch the replay, he purposely will put all of his body weight on his knee on JT Comfer's ankle, yeah, trying yeah. to hurt him, and that should be a suspendable play in my opinion because yeah. that's intent to injure. I do remember now, like watching the setup. They showed the replay, and I yeah, saw the Corey setup. Corey Perry's a that, dirty piece of shit. Okay. So hopefully he he's takes like a, the Draymond of, of the NHL. Or yeah. What? So hopefully he takes another warm up puck to the face. He shot a warm up puck in the Eastern Conference Finals that hit the crossbar. It was his own shot, and it hit him in the face. So hopefully that happens again. <laughs> but going back to my what I wanted to actually say, if the NBA just allowed on court fights like the NHL does, you know, just give them a you know three fouls, right? And then make them sit on the bench for like two minutes. But let, let those two guys duke it out. Bro, I would watch the NBA all day. That'd be nuts. A bunch of divas out there like leaning away trying to hit each other. And I'd be like, all right, just stop them. You're not going to fucking hit. <laughs> well, that's like uh, going back to a few years ago. Lonzo Ball was involved in some little scuffle or whatever. And there was this all – the, all the reporters were asking him in the postgame press conference why he just turned around and walked right. off. And he was like, "Bro, this is the NBA. No one's gonna do shit." Right? They're not. And we're I, not gonna. Fight. I honestly respected him ben so much more them. after saying that because he's like, he's he's so accurate. Right? Like he's like, this is the fucking NBA. No now, one's fighting. Now you can go back to like Ben Wallace break. though, or, or Ron Reggie Miller, Artest or, or Ron Artest. Like, now those guys are those guys fight. are gonna yeah. throw. Like, yeah. If you turn your back on them, you you're gonna see the floor coming yeah. real quick. Yeah. But like, no one's fighting in the modern day NBA. See, that's why the NHL is so great because you can fucking just slam people into the board. Do you, you think it's a little bit though they allow that because they're on skate? and they don't really have a good, Wait, right, good like, right. grip and balance. It's, it's part of the – It's part of the, well, one, it's part of the game because of what happened, but you also have to think it's a physical game, right? Yeah, yeah. So if there's an illegal check or someone does a dirty play, you want to be able to protect your teammates. Yeah, so it's yeah. – you get a five-minute major for fighting, and they're trying to get fighting out of the game, so they'll start giving game misconducts if you're like an instigator where you skate across the fucking world yeah. to start a fight. But it's in the game a lot because – you're on skates. The amount yeah. of knockouts. I mean, there's still some fucking great brutal knockouts in hockey <laughs> fights that just so crazy. drop them. But you just think when you're boxing and you watch boxing, a lot of those guys are able to get. You know, they, they take that first step and then they can, they can get plant their hips and behind get all it. this power behind right. it. Yeah, but on you skates, can't do that. If on you try skates, and plant, really. you're more than likely going to at least slide a couple inches. Right, right. So you're not going to get that full power. Yeah. That's why they're allowed to do it. It's right. like so in the it's, NBA. Those guys have these incredible grip on a basketball shoe on a right. wood court just, and just plant and just lean into one. Like, yeah, they can't really allow them to do but, that. But but it's also, like I said, it's been part of the game probably since the game came in. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, hockey is such a different sport in terms of contact. Than, right. So it's just like, that's why, I mean, it's just faster pace, in my opinion, better fucking overall game yeah. than the NBA. There's yeah. no divas in the NHL. Or if there is, they get fucking fined. It does seem like here recently, more and more people in my life are way more into hockey than I they th- used to be. I think there's a stat out there saying the NHL is now the fastest growing sport in the United States. I yeah. mean, Canada, obviously, it's, it's That's like the, their number one, the, yeah. the sport. But like in the U.S., I think hockey has surpassed the NBA, NFL, um, 
and, and I think soccer's close behind hockey is becoming like yeah. the sport. Yeah, I and really I, think, honestly, in terms of like sport popularity, I mean, the NBA is still really popular. NFL kind of runs the roost in the United States, but I think the NBA is, if they don't start changing the way they're doing things with what we've just been talking about for the last 45 minutes, they're going to start losing popularity, yeah. I think. They're going to lose popularity with fan base, and then they're going to yeah. start losing Cause like you said, kids I, playing the game. I think a lot of people are just who used to watch the NBA are now just being like, I'm gonna just going to watch hockey instead. Yeah, well, I mean, I. Like, you're like that. Well, but I've always watched hockey. I've always. Well, yeah, but you used to now. care more about oh, yeah, NBA. Yeah, I used to watch you more. Now. Like, you have lost most of your interest in it, I think. Right. I've lost. And besides, it's like, of, the Nuggets in the playoffs. It's, it's because of what they do. I don't care. You know? It's like, and it's hard for me. Like, I, I like basketball a lot. Basketball is my favorite sport to play. It's my favorite sport to watch. But the NBA is making it unbearable. It's, it's, it's making it harder for me to remain a fan just because of the way they currently play. Right. Like, like you said, I'd rather watch, in a lot of instances, college basketball. It's a lot more fun. Yeah. It's a lot closer to the way the game should be played. Right. Is the thing. Well, I mean, like, I encourage anyone that's listened this far. If you don't watch NHL, and I know there's, you know, the Avs are up 2-0 in the or the Western Conference, the Stanley Cup Finals, so the season's winding down. There's only a possibility of five more NHL games this year. Um, but they'll turn around in like but, 48 hours and start the next season. So. Right. I mean, <laughs> you're not kidding. The offseason's very but, short in hockey, isn't it? It seems like well, it is. You've got to remember, too, they had a late start because of the whole pandemic bullshit. Mm. So next year they're going to get back, but it's going to be they'll start – I think in late August, early September is when like camp starts, and then they'll start playing in October. Yeah, so it's quick. Um, it's a quick turnaround. Well, yeah, if you're if you're one of the top June two right teams, now, it's going right. to end what mid June towards the end of June, right? And so then the, they're going to turn around in October and so start again. Game three is tomorrow, Monday. Game four would be Wednesday. Game five is Friday. Game six would be Sunday. Game seven would be Tuesday. So next Tuesday would be the last game of the season, and then you're looking at almost July. Like that's um, that's July first weekend is that week. Yeah. So you're looking at almost July by the time they're done. And right. hockey's such a brutal sport. Eighty two games again, and then it takes sixteen wins in the playoffs to win the championship. I'm so and it's I a did full not, body. I did not realize that they play virtually the same amount of games as the NBA does. Eighty two. I looked the at because I looked at the record last night. They had so I looked up like what time on the ESPN app the game was supposed to start last night. Yeah, and they had the records of both teams throughout the regular they season. Eighty two like, games. I was like, shit, how many games is that? And I was adding it up. I'm like, they play the same amount of games that NBA does, and it's a way more brutal, it's violent a way sport. Brutal sport. I mean, I think, did not realize think, they played think that about many games. taking a, lot a of games. frozen piece of rubber to the leg 82 well and just in getting games. getting like check run and, into and checked right. and all that i mean it's like football on skates basically it's right like, people are like football is too physical to play more games and i'm like well i agree to an extent because football is brutal yeah but if you look at hockey there's a lot of contact in hockey there's a shit ton of contact and for you them play, to play 82, 82 games that's a lot of contact for over the course of a regular season right and it's like and for those guys that play 20 something seasons like how many times have they been checked into the boards right. or like hit with a hockey stick or drilled right. with a oh, puck and this guy ended his career with 43 Hundred block shots. It's like that's a lot of fucking pucks hitting you. That's ya. a lot. That doesn't. Feel and that's very not good. including practices and all that right. stuff. So practice. God. But yeah, I encourage anyone out there, go ahead and watch an NHL game. If you don't understand it, that's fine. But start to watch NHL games because I guarantee you, you're going to enjoy it. It's not. It might not be a fucking seven six thriller of a game, but just watch it. It's fast paced. Never it is very fast paced. Never stop. Yeah. The goals, a lot of the, there's so much talent in the league right now that some of the players that you watch, like, how the fuck did they do that? 
you know, it's just just watch the NHL. It's fucking great. Fuck the NBA. NHL is where it's at. <laughs> so, so Matt's going to conclude our NBA podcast by being like, fuck the NBA. Fuck the NBA. The NHL is where it's at. This You'll thank why, me later. This is why I'm always like, I'm like, hey, do you want to do like an NBA Finals recap podcast? And you're like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, why? You hate the NBA now. I think it's just because I, I mean, I'm such a sport nut that it's like. You just like I just sports. like sports. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Which we, makes sense. We're already like over and. We're an hour and 20 into this. I thought this yeah. was going to be like a 30-minute yeah. episode. But we're an hour and 20 into it, and we've had great discussions as yeah. far as all sports go, even the finals. Yeah. So, I think it's just an excuse to talk about sports. I like talking sports, too. Yeah, I mean, And it's, it's one of the few topics where we can just flip on the mics and just go. Right. Like, we didn't do any research. If, I mean, there's I got like, my computer to look up one or two things. If we want to do ancient Egypt or time travel or fucking artificial intelligence, it's like I got to come over here with all my notes and stuff. And it's like now it's just like, eh, let's flip Speaking it on. Speaking of talk, artificial talk intelligence, one of our next episodes, if not our next episode, is going to be on that new Google yeah. employee coming out saying that um, the AI system they have – I, I don't want to butcher the name or anything has sentient sentient right sentience yeah sentience yeah. It, and has it's feelings a, so it's a google ai chat bot essentially and I, I think they call it it starts with an l it's like i forget exactly what it is but uh yeah if anyone so as for a little like we'll give it we'll give our listeners some homework if they paid attention this far there's a washington post article from june 11th written by natasha tiku um, if you Google that, it has to do – if you Google like uh, – <laughs> that's funny saying this. If you Google Google AI um, – She'll this, talk to you. <laughs> this, this, w- this will come up, and it's basically a Google engineer named Blake Lemoyne who's like a AI ethicist or, or tester or something. I'm not exactly sure what his, what his title is, but he has come out recently and claimed that the Google AI chatbot has gained sentience. So that should be an interesting conversation. So we think we might cover that. With our next episode, I know how. I think I think a lot of that's going to be uh, you know personal opinion again because there's no fucking shot we have any knowledge of how their AI is structured because well let's be real and there's we'll get into it in next episode so if you're interested in that topic uh, tune in next time we're probably going to cover that um, next episode I think that'll be a good a good like segue and kind of a foray into the topic of artificial intelligence yep. and like where we're going with that and all that kind of stuff so. I, I find that stuff utterly fascinating. So well, it should so, be a good conversation. So do I. But yeah. I'm going to just come in and say my two cents on it. So. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think we're probably going to wrap that up. Um, thanks for tuning in. I mean, it was a good sports talk episode, I think. I mean, yeah, we'll have to do more of it just because it's – maybe we'll do an NHL one where I can help explain some things and, you know, talk about the NHL finals recap. And then we'll probably jump in the NFL because it will be NFL season by that time. So – We'll have to do a like that subreddit. Explain it like I'm five. Yeah, you'll have to explain hockey to me like I'm five. <laughs> yeah, because I don't really understand. It's, what's it's going easy, on, but, but uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Um, like we said, we'll be back probably with the AI episode in the next week or two. And um, yeah, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, feel free to shoot us emails, comments anywhere. And mm-hmm. yeah, we appreciate you uh, sticking through the episode. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us this long, and I, I feel like we should mention this too. Um, if you go to the Podbean page or if you look up Just Browsing on Facebook, has all our info, so you can go to uh, any of the social media channels. You can you can make comments. You can find the email address, send us an email, um, any of that good stuff. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for the support, and uh, we will uh, talk to you guys next time. Goodbye.